Episode 74. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Andrew Ford. Hey, I'm back. I'm Rashi. Well, welcome back. Hey there. What were you up to, Mike? I skipped. I skipped one. And then I forgot about the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as usually that goes. Yeah. I was actually at a programmer hole. Like when I'm, when I'm in the zone, as it were, you know, the flow state. The auto zone? I, like the whole world doesn't exist for hours. <laughs> and then like I check all my messages. So like Yep. And, and there's no possible. Did you get way. my text? I did. Also, my <laughs> phone died to this morning. Dead. Brick. Oof. Oof. Oh. There's a problem with Pixel 3. How are you gonna order food? Uh on the web. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. World Wide Web. I used the, the web client for the first time today. I'm I didn't like, know they had one to be this honest. This is so stupid. <laughs> Uber Eats doesn't, but Grubhub does. So Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. I can survive. A Pixel 3, though, that's a sort of like old war veteran of a phone. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just upgraded shit. from a Pixel 2 to a Pixel 5, like, what, four months ago or something like that? Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a little disappointed because I did just order the Pixel 5. They had a deal where it's like 50% off, and I'm like, that's neat. And then my buddy's mm-hmm. like, cancel that order. The new Pixel comes out in like two weeks. And yeah. I'm like, shit. Well, I need a phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get a burner <laughs> yeah anyway i'll take the half off pixel 5 yeah i'm sure it'll be perfectly adequate for what you need yeah i mean i've had a pixel 3 for 100 years before that i had some ancient phone that like the camera would make all the purple the pictures purple because like it had a like a factory defect where as soon as you'd use the camera it would overheat so the very first picture wow. you take would be normal <laughs> and then after that everything would be purple that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Sounds um, like a feature. HTC One. That's that phone. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. Who I knows? Mean, Lindsay just uh she broke her phone like two weeks ago. She uh what were we doing? I don't know. She dropped it like face down on the concrete. Oh, we were at breakfast <laughs> sitting outside. Yep. And it just like yeah, it exploded. <laughs> and so she's like, shit, I better get the new or just better buy a new phone. So she bought one. And like two days later, they released the new, the latest iPhone. <laughs> ah, <laughs> rough. They know Apple won't give you any nothing like that. They'll be like, "Nope, sorry, you paid a they, thousand yeah. dollars for that." <laughs> yep. Also, it's trash. Planned obsolescence. Uh, but mm. anyway, but what I was gonna say is that I was working on my game and I had a lot of fun. Um. So the 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 thing that I've been working on lately is I'm making a new zone, so I'm doing a lot of like texturing stuff. And uh, initially, I wrote this cool shader for multi-texturing where, like, you have you can have up to four different textures and you can blend between them with a color map, like a paint-by-numbers kind of thing, where it's just, like, you know, a much smaller image where you're like, oh, this part's red, this part's green, this part's black, that part's blue. And based on red, green, blue, or black, it'll pick which color, right? Um, which is cool and works great, but making the color map is a pain in the ass because um, you can, in, like, Blender or 3D Studio Max or whatever, 
um, like actually paint on the mesh. So you can paint on the mesh, but it looks like garbage because it's like red, green, blue, black. So like, I don't even know what the hell this yeah, is going to look like. Yeah, you can't actually tell. So I was like, there's got to be a better way. And what I did was um, I wrote my own editor tool in Unity, which Ooh. turns out um, Unity has great uh, support for custom editor tools. So there's two parts to it. You make a little window that pops up that gives you a whole bunch of things to tick. And then you make another actual tool, like the move tool, or the select tool or whatever. You can actually extend that and make your own. So I have a paint tool where you can paint in the editor on the actual physical mesh. And you don't see the color back. You just see the live shader, the exactly what it's going to look like in game. That's really dope. And then you just paint onto it. Um, and it works super well. <laughs> Did you make it yet? So you what you paint in the editor actually saves to the texture yeah which oh, was incredibly easy um really? yeah turns out uh the uh texture 2d that you are getting from the material from everything yep uh just has a method called uh save to png where it just gives oh, you the, the actual <laughs> bytes that you write to the disk encoded nice. as png mm -hmm. and then you do wow. a different lookup to check where it is on the file system from the editor so um, you basically do like, oh, here's where it is. Here's the new data right there. It's done. You so it's it like, you know, this, this would not be the right example, but like I have like a brick texture on one hand and then like a wood texture on the other hand. And I can map like red to brick and say blue to wood and then like mm -hmm. meld them together in one place. So wherever I draw red, it becomes brick. And wherever I draw blue, it becomes wood. Exactly yes. that. Okay. Um, that, that, that would look terrible. Why would you do that with, yeah. with brick and wood? Well, for me, what I do is I have grass, and then I have patchy grass, and mm. then I have dirt. So mm. by blending all three of those together, not only can you break up the tiling, because like, you know, you've seen this so many times in video games, you got a fucking grass texture, you can see the tiling if it's... Yep, especially whatever. like PS1 era games, you would see it a ton in, especially yeah. like landscapes, like outdoors. On the um, ground, like, yeah. Yeah. Like anytime you have like a big area of stuff, right? So what you can do is you can kind of just like draw a whole bunch of squiggles and break up the tiles. And like you can have like, you know, intermediate stages like, oh, here's grass, here's light grass, here's no grass, you know. Um, I wonder, can you do that with the, the 2D system too? Like the 2D tile mapping system? Uh, I haven't played with that probably in could, years. Yeah. Well, so, hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can you can write a shader. Yeah, you can write a shader to run on the sprite uh, top of it. So, like, I think you'd want a different solution for that specifically, but you could do something like that. Um, I think I think you'd want a slightly different solution for for like a, a grid map. That just re reminds me of how we've had to manually make all these transition tiles whenever we have two D pixel art mm -hmm. like level design. It's like here's the yeah. grass. And here's the path, and then here are the like here's here's the, the tile where it's like part grass, part path, where they meld into each other. Yeah, and you have to have like every single like version of it, right? It has to be like the top one, the bottom mm -hmm. one, the left and the right, and then the corner, and then the extruded corner. Like, yeah, so many. It's it's a lot. Uh, you know what? That's actually a really good use case for it. Now that yeah. now I think about it. So the real question is, can you monetize the add-on and sell it to the industry for hundreds hundreds of thousand dollars? I could, but I'm not going to because I didn't have to make it nice. <laughs> and you didn't have to support it. You probably don't, to be honest. Yeah. You put it on that Unity asset store for $10, but then I didn't have to support it and deal with people emailing me. I don't know. Yeah. But also, like, I know, like the three of them together, I could probably bundle up to sell um, because it's like 
pretty nice system, but um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that while burping? Yeah. <laughs> so what would you call this bundle of three tools? Oh, this is the red ground. <laughs> the red ground. Uh, red ground and red ground drawing tool. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Send me all the Mars, profits. Baby. All the profits go to Radmars, into our pool. Sure. Of, of immense, <laughs> our immensely deep Scrooge McDuck pool of our, our pile of wealth, oh, our yes, war yes. chest, <laughs> the war chest. Yeah. <laughs> but then we all have to somehow support it. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll all go to the the three hundred dollars uh, Andrew spent on the vocoder. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, hey, that's, like, that's like close to being paid off, man. Yeah. Like, the kind you know, of somebody, uh, somebody, a new person bought my album. The red. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, Not too long yeah. Ago. Yeah. How much is a domain registry for redmars.com? It's like $12 a year or something. Who <laughs> like, pays for that? I do. <laughs> it's probably not even $12 a year. It's probably way less. I don't know. I have yeah, a bunch I'm... of stupid domains. Fractalbus.com is, is my my love. Uh, my one true love. I have two domains and I haven't done anything with them aside from like dabbled with like experimenting with technologies and then i've forgotten them i think one of them is an incomplete copy of like the radmars site at this point nice <laughs> radmars.com still works my website stopped working and uh i know i've been talking about it for i've been threatening to do it for forever but uh setting up the radmars blog or whatever wordpress thing oh, the yeah. radmars podcast so like i have set that up and it, it actually like broke the wordpress install for rashi.com so <laughs> My blog doesn't oh, work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Um but also, yeah, that's fine. I don't care about that shit. I haven't updated it since like 2016. So WordPress, people isn't that like completely old now? Don't people just use Squarespace or whatever? People still use it, man. It's crazy. I, I, <laughs> it's a lot nicer now than back in our day. But sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of tools, um, like add-on things that actually make it like better than um Squarespace and stuff. Okay. If you don't like Squarespace is extremely like confining in a lot of ways. And yeah. if you want something more custom and you're like more inclined to that, WordPress is a better way to go. Does anybody hand code HTML anymore? Or is that just like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Who would ever do that? Um big company engineers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hand coded radmars.com. Yeah. That was me. People stuck supporting a 20-year-old platform. Probably do TypeScript <laughs> nonsense and barely ever yeah. touch actual HTML, JavaScript, CSS. Maybe they do. Terrible. I don't know. It's for the best. I don't know what they do. I don't want their job. <laughs> yeah. Either uh, way, like... Yeah. Front-end is dark magic to me. What, your game, the game that you're working on, it's like you said it was EverQuest-y... Uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 14 e slash, or maybe more Not like Final, Final, Fantasy Final Fantasy 11. 11. Like the, yeah. the elevator pitch is like um, Final Fantasy 11 slash EverQuest with Party Permadeath. Uh, right. So, you know, very old school MMOE. So, like, old school MMO boss design is like pretty bad. So, the boss design. Uh, sorry, I like showed my hand a little bit. Hey, our topic is boss design, everybody. <laughs> Bosses, boss fights. Nope. I thought you were gonna like backdoor into like yeah. explaining it, but you. I was going to. Whoops! Didn't do it. Yeah, we're just yeah. going right into it. It doesn't yeah, make sense it. in the context of what the hell I was talking about. Why are you talking about yeah. boss fights? Anyway, the boss fight design of my game is going to be more modern. It's going to be like Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, yeah, which is I think is is the prime example of MMO boss fights nowadays. Well, um, was I like drunk or did I like imagine that? I thought there was like some kind of like Soulsborne inspiration involved somewhere in the game too. Um, 
probably the original. <laughs> my the project files for the original version of the game are called DS RPG, which stands for Dark Souls RPG. But um, oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're the, right. The uh, the Soulsborne influence is more like in God. I can't even say this. <laughs> can't even say it. There's basically no Dark Souls DNA in this game. There is a little bit, like tonally. Yeah. I'd like to go for something like that, but like. It's not. It's not a Souls like game. There's no. Yeah. There's almost no influence. The heavy okay. influence is like old school, like EverQuest, Final Fantasy XI, and uh, um, Guild Wars One. Well, um, like, what's so you said the old like EverQuest, Final Fantasy XI boss fights were garbage, but garbage is like, like fourteen kind of harsh changed. Term, but, well, <laughs> fourteen is just bigger, fancier. Wow, like oh, okay. the, the, their boss design is is like different than wild they have kind of different whatever but like i i don't i've never played a boss in any mmo so i literally have no concept Ooh. of what that is like okay. <laughs> well that's you a big rabbit what, hole <laughs> what they were like and then what they became because they're pretty different yeah yeah <laughs> the early wild WoW bosses were nothing really to talk about like they were just yeah. sort of like figuring out what the hell they were doing back in classic and whatnot but i feel like they had a sort of more sort of like coherent philosophy starting in like burning crusade and going forward but you got to go even before that like right like i don't know an mmo is a game about essentially like it's more complex than this but an mmo the combat is usually just getting close to the monster and pressing like auto attack and your character sort of swings a weapon if you have spells you can tap on the spells if you have special abilities you can tap on the special abilities and basically the monster does the same thing to you as long as you're kind of within range of the attacks they happen whoever runs out of hit points first you know dies yeah. See, that's that's what I was figuring. Like early bosses were just like a big guy with lots of hit points. A doing really that thing. huge punching bag doing huge amounts of damage to like either one target, like like one tank or whatever. And then everyone else is like desperately healing him, and everyone else yeah. is you know blasting the thing. Like that's how it was in the early EverQuest, like the first dragons. And then of course the dragon would do some sort of area effect spell and hit everybody all, all at once. Was like the strategy that, that was involved in that, like just simply managing your timers, kind of like your cooldowns. Or was there? It's like reacting quickly it? enough to the certain, yeah, like like chain healing and just sort of making sure that. I mean, I actually never did one of these raids, so I'm sort of, uh, I'm sort of inferring. Guessing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just know that the mechanics were not very. They were not particularly robust. It was like the boss is there. It can do shit tons of damage, either by single target attacking you or by you know breathing fire or something. And everyone else is just there. As you know, it's a, it's a game of hit points, hit point bars. Yeah. In EverQuest, uh, if the if the dragon or whatever decided it wanted to hurt you, it could summon you. So like it literally teleports your character to it, and it's like you will not evade me. Insert character name here, and you're just like, well, fuck, and you die. <laughs> Dra dragons well known for teleporting their enemies to them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like a thing. Um, it was so the yeah, worst that's... thing ever if you had like sorry it's one of the old everquest yeah. like, like uh cliches you know there were uh numerous ways that you could accidentally get aggro on a boss like say your pet wandered into the boss room for some reason like your little flame elemental if you're like a mage so like the worst thing in the world is like seeing the little the little like text being like taunting attacker master it's like your pet talking to you and you're like what and then boom you're summoned to the boss and you're dead <laughs> <laughs> And this is EverQuest land where like all your gear is on your corpse and then you gotta yeah, spend fuck. the next then, six then hours to trying to get there and you know, sneak run. in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in general, old school MMO design is like boss fight is just like here's a big guy with a bunch of health and he'll do some stuff. He'll like hit the he's tank like really hard attacks. or hit the party really hard and then you gotta heal. Um 
more modern stuff is like kind of bonkers, but it follows yeah. some pretty simple rules where like there's a limited amount of things that you can do. It's not going to be like Dark Souls where you're like, you know, or Bayonetta or whatever the fuck where you have like frame perfect dodge rolls or whatever, or you're like doing stuff like that. Oh, it's, it's like a, it's a team building exercise. Yeah. It's like HR came along when it's like, okay. <laughs> You're holding the bomb now. Now you have to get away from all of your your teammates or they're going to hit them with the bomb. Yeah. Oh, now you've got the bomb and it just passes around. And it's a, it's usually a game of circles on floors and you have to be in the good circles and avoid the bad circles. Is often how it works. <laughs> that's that's often how it works. It has to do with just like the kinds of things you can do in an MMO. Like you can be in something, you can be out of something, you can be moving, you can be standing still, you can be going towards something, you can be looking away from something, you can whatever. So like the type of kind of things that'll happen in like a modern like Final Fantasy fourteen boss fight is like, um, first of all, you have all the the Holy Trinity, right? You have damage dealers, you have tanks, and you got healers, right? So things you can do to the tanks, things you can do to make the healers have to do things, make the tanks have to do things, and then stuff to make everybody jumble around and move around and, like, fuck up the people trying to do their complicated damage cooldown rotation management stuff, right? So, like, what's something you could do to the tanks? Most common thing you could do is call the tank buster. You do a whole bunch of damage to the tank. So the tank has to use some cooldowns or some mitigation or something, so they're going to take a huge hit. Their health goes way down. Healers got to deal with it, right? The boss can do something to like do a whole bunch of damage to the raid, which makes the healers have to do a lot of work, right? Or the healers have to deal with the tank stuff. Often a bunch of yard trash comes in, like a bunch of smaller monsters, and you have to deal with them in addition to the boss. <laughs> yep. Yard trash. Yard, yard trash. trash. Yep. Ads. Additional monsters. They come in. You got to yeah. fight them. Many whelps. I'd heard, I, I, knew, I knew ads, but I'd never yeah. heard of yard trash. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never heard of that before. Yard uh, trash is actually the wrong term. Yeah, <laughs> trash. Usually people say trash mobs. Yeah, um, yeah. Yard but, trash usually is actually literally in the yard of the dungeon, so yeah. it doesn't usually enter the boss fight. Dungeons have yards now. Like, yeah, they got wow. yards. Every yard has a fence, and you gotta get. That's what they call a defense. Remember, un- I'm sure it came. <laughs> you from, gotta remove um, it. The uh, <laughs> the unrest dungeon. Remember that one in EverQuest? It was like a haunted mansion, and so the the zone was literally like a haunted mansion in the middle with a yard around it, and then like walls to block the zone in, and like a one entrance into that like space. So I, I will I would put money on the fact that yard trash was invented in that zone. No, that makes mm. sense. <laughs> I don't know. There's a bunch of other things you can do with the whole group though. Like you can have like the boss is gonna do a big attack and whoever it hits, the damage is divided among a bunch whoever also takes it. Like it's an AoE. So that's mm. usually that's like a stack mechanic. So everyone has to group up. Or you could target a whole bunch of people with AoEs around them, so everyone has to spread out. Um, as a side note like there's terminology for all of this which is fascinating because it's all like where the mechanic originated like the mechanic you just described is a meteor uh, attack uh from like world of warcraft terminology or whatnot mm-hmm. i think that's what it's <laughs> called i believe it uh I'm, i was never a big wow raider I've, I've tried many times but the community is very uh not great uh, yeah <laughs> i keep i keep reading articles about that yeah. i guess yeah, i guess final fantasy has a great community from yeah. everything i've read um i mean i've been raiding in final fantasy 14 for years i spent before before i became like a more quote-unquote hardcore raider in 14 i spent a lot of time in party finder in both mmos just because i had friends mm-hmm. who played wow i had friends who played 14 and like i always hated a raid in wow because everyone's miserable and everyone's <laughs> just like it's just awful and in 14 people are like yeah let's do it you know like obviously there's dicks in 14 people are still fuckos but yeah, like there's, uh... There's assholes everywhere. 
in general, you're going to have a much better time because, like, I don't know, maybe it's a combination of it's like it's smaller. So raids in 14 or eight people instead of like they go up to like 20 or 24 and fucking wow. Holy shit. Which what? is like that a lot. Sounds terrible. <laughs> but like also there's like a weird like, I don't know, it, it, it's like people call it big dick energy in WoW where like every everyone's just like, you're not doing it. Oh, what the fuck? You're doing this wrong. Oh, this sucks. Everyone sucks. This fucking rogue. Like, yeah, I don't know a lot why. Like, it's like so angry. Like, well, there's a lot of ways for a single person to fuck up the whole raid. Yeah, like my I mean, there's ways for the that. Bomb. There's a lot of that in in fourteen as well. But like, I don't know why people aren't as dick about it. Like, like people it's are more forgiving in fourteen. Yeah, maybe it. it it's interesting. It's because all the yeah. character models are cuter. Yeah, sexy bunny boys. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't get pissed at a sexy bunny boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he just needs to, oh, he needs to oh. pay a little more well, attention. <laughs> I think uh, maybe we should think about or like jump over to like good boss fights or boss fights that we have played that are good or at least are memorable yeah um one i wanted to bring up was uh the boss fight in as mike reminded me metal gear solid three with the sniper old man and i i bring this up because like it has the hilarious the hilarious mechanic of if you wait him out he'll just pass away on his own yeah which i <laughs> think is by way of like amazing you turn off the playstation and if you come back to your save file two weeks later he's dead he's already dead because he's old <laughs> he's like 130 years old yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the grandfather of sniping you know <laughs> and, and like yes i'm sure the actual boss fight is like great but like that yeah. is really funny to me and like memorable oh, same thing amazing. with like psycho mantis like I mean, like, you can't probably do it nowadays and, like, get any reaction because it's been, it was done. But, like, the way he would read your memory card and, like, tell you what you've been do up to. Yep. <laughs> like, and what was he the one where you, you had to switch yes, the, to the controller, controller input port. to the second? Yeah. Yep. To, like, or else he could, like, figure he knew what you were going to do. Yep. Like, I believe we discussed this in Breaking the Fourth Wall episode. Yeah. 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 We did. Um, Good throwback. And like those, those are like those are like pretty gimmick, too gimmicky kind of uh, things. And so good boss fights are gimmicky. No, no, <laughs> I think those stand out like as being memorable. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Like Mike said, the the sniper fight is actually like a really good boss battle. Yeah. Um, I mean, Metal Gear Solid in general just had some very solid boss fights. Yeah. Like all things yeah. considered, I remember like the game's old as hell nowadays, but like every single boss fight against like. Uh, uh, you know, it was, oh, now you're fighting a tank. Now you're fighting a helicopter. Now you're fighting a guy with a giant chain gun. Now you're fighting the sniper. Now you're fighting a floaty psychic guy. Um, but they all had very different mechanics. They all required you to do different things. And they were sort of like a a joy to learn and sort of like to figure out the patterns that you had to uh, anticipate and react to. Yeah. I think uh, what we're kind of trying to get here is like the most coolest and best boss fights are like an extension from a game design point standpoint they're an extension of the mechanics that you have already learned but a creative reimagining of them right so for example psychomantis um the stuff that he's doing to you during the actual boss fight that's not the the gimmicky memorable stuff is actually like you know extensions of things you're already doing in the game right um like he he'll dash around and you gotta aim and shoot at him like you would a normal enemy but he like breaks shit off the wall and sends it at you uh like left and right so like he sent he like throws chairs and like 
paintings off the walls and shit at you. But if you like crouch and lay down on the ground, they'll go over your head. So you can like avoid them using like pretty much all of the sneaking mechanics that you've been using throughout the game. In a and, new like, interesting way. Yeah. Hmm. And just like a whole bunch of stuff that happens in that boss fight has like intuitive, interesting solutions to it, right? So like at one point the the character that you're with, Meryl, like a supporting character, gets mind controlled by Psychomantis and he like has her put a, her gun to his her head so she's gonna kill herself. You have to stop her, right? You don't want to shoot her with your gun. You could punch her out, but that lowers her health. And like um, you know, she could die from that too. But you have stun grenades, right? So you could throw a flashbang at her. And that's like something that you would naturally think of because you have this equipment in your inventory. I was just punched. And you just like, her? Um, the, the trank isn't in Metal Gear Solid 1. Um, I think in the remake you can. I'm not sure. I, I, I think tried. in the GameCube, I think the GameCube version does actually. Yeah, the remake, mm. the, 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 the Twin Snakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, you might be able to do it. Uh, I, I have not tried to trank Meryl, but knowing Metal Gear Solid, you would be able to do that. Yeah. Like, um, in a lot of those boss fights, you can trank the bosses and, and have a fully non-lethal playthrough, which is, you know... Yeah, I think that's, like, the case in basically every Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. Well, not the first one. Uh, I think you originally. have to kill a, a few people in the first you, one. You can Undertale uh, your way, Undertale good ending your way through <laughs> Metal Gear? I didn't know almost that. All, every, almost every single yeah. Metal Gear has, like... You actually, like, can't get the best score at the end of the game. Like, you, you lose score for killing people in, in Metal Gear games. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure that starting with Metal Gear Solid 2, you yeah. could have non-lethal playthroughs of all the Metal Gear Solid games. Mm-hmm. I think you this have to kill a couple of people in Metal Gear Solid 1. Just a boss in a stealth game is a kind of a trippy concept. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. I was thinking of uh, the, Deus, the Deus Ex, the new mm. one, Deus Ex Mankind. Ever... Divided. Divided. Is that the first one? What the fuck's the name of the second one? Human Revolution. Human Revolution. Was that the first one? The first Human one. Human Revolution's the first one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's way, notoriously. Was... That's the, we, we want to yeah. tell you want to find a bad fucking example of a boss fight. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about fucking mankind. Whatever this fuck. Well, so that, like, bullshit. <laughs> like so, one of the big things is that like you can supposedly do like non-lethal everything except for the boss fights, right? Yeah. Like, mm. you notoriously had to, like, murder them. Yeah. And people were always like, what the fuck even is the point? <laughs> I mean, to be clear, like, part of the problem with this is that the Deus Ex games are sort of, like, uh, well-known for allowing you to approach problems in different ways. And so you can go in guns blazing, killing everything. That's a legitimate way to do it. Um, though it's not one the game will necessarily reward you for. Or you can sneak around, or you can do all sorts of hacking and things or whatnot. And so, like, you can approach uh, levels via stealth and going around and being a sneaky bastard and never fighting anyone directly. But then you come up against a boss fight, and it's a guy with a fucking machine gun for an arm. And, like, you can't, like, talk your way out of your fight with him. You can't hack a computer to sort of, like, you know, shoot him. You have to pull out a gun, and you have to shoot him. And that's only one of the ways you could have built your character. So you could just be like, I remember my basic training. <laughs> I was a sneaky hacker man. And I had to fight all those boss fights with no oh skill God. points and guns. It was awful. Uh, anyway, especially because, like, the first ASX is the exact opposite, where, like, there's boss fights that you can totally skip by, like, sneaking past them or, like, creatively hacking a thing to kill them with, like, a gas or whatever. Or, like, mm -hmm. like it, it's, it's designed top-down to be able to support all those different options. But you can also fight them and have a cool boss fight if you're built for it or if you are a masochist. Um... Yeah, the one the one thing I wanted to point out about um, Human Revolution is I think well one thing is that allegedly they 
supposedly outsourced the boss fights to some other company because they like didn't have time oh, to do it themselves. So that oh, might be really? this might be bullshit, but that's that's the story. Yeah. That's the yep. common I don't know how true it is, but that that's the common tale. Yeah. And then the other the other really hilarious thing, um, before they patched it, like in the one point release of the game, one of the I think the third boss fight, the weird like muscly dude, um, who's like really hard, you could just like in some weird circumstance, he would like jump over a wall and you could do the silent takedown on him <laughs> and it would insta kill him. And you he would just like jump, he'd be like, rip, break your neck, you're dead. Boss <laughs> So didn't they didn't they do like a a remaster or something of the first one? And I thought they went back and made it so you could non lethal all the bosses. Yeah, I but, think the DLC they fixed it. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what they did, but I'm, it's either a re release or the DLC because they did do a, a story DLC for that. Right. Uh, that so one. those were bad because you could go into them basically unprepared. Or were there other reasons why they were a bad boss fight? It, it didn't. It didn't I, support the rest of the gameplay. Like the gameplay yeah, yeah. allows you to be creative, and then this one you have to just fight them with guns. Sure. But like, out. let's say you chose guns. Let's say you're a gunman. Is it a good boss fight if you're a gunman? Maybe they're they're pretty <laughs> lukewarm as well. Like they're not okay. that interesting. It's just like you know, you shoot the guy and he disappears and he goes somewhere else. <laughs> you gotta right. go fight him and shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. They're not especially creative either, which is like also, you know, uninteresting. I would say it goes back to what Roushi was saying earlier about, you know, boss fights being sort of like an extension of the existing game's mechanics while throwing in a new twist or something like that. And these are just sort of like we're talking about, like you said before, a game where you can have all sorts of different approaches and it's just one dimension, which is hammered upon over and over again, ignoring every other aspect of the game. And that's not inherently interesting. But I do think it's an interesting contrast with Metal Gear Solid, where you're usually sneaking around. Like, fighting in Metal Gear Solid is typically a very bad solution. Like, sometimes it's inevitable, but, like, you're typically only fighting in order to get to a place to hide to go back into stealth mode. And all the boss fights, clearly you're not sneaking around. You're, like, actually going in guns blazing. So it's a pretty sort of distinct approach there, but... I don't know, but there is still a certain amount of violence expected, a certain amount of, you know, going toe-to-toe with guns. So I'd never had that sort of reaction with Metal Gear Solid boss fights, although they're a real break from the uh, stealth action of the game. Yeah. I think the interesting thing with those is that, like, it it's all about how well it's integrated within the game, right? Like, in Metal Gear Solid, it's more like... It's like a... A, it's a, it's a kind of like a blow-off fail for all of the kind of tension that you've been dealing with sneaking around but also b you're using all of the same mechanics and um whatever ways of interacting with the game that you are before like normally right mm-hmm. yep. like it's not like it's not throwing out the stealth moves or the whatever moves that you've been using all this time yeah um you know you're it's an extension of the gameplay as opposed to like a separate kind of thing mm-hmm. and i think specifically with deus ex it feels like here's the gameplay now i'm just going to put you in a boss room no it feels very separate yeah 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 um i I think thinking of bosses like it's hard not to for me to like immediately think about like shadow of the colossus a Mm. game that is pretty much a hundred percent boss fights fights. yeah and like they're all very good Mm -hmm. even though you really you can't you don't like do like your control set isn't large like you can nope. climb, it's like cl- you can climb and stab, stab. Yep. climb and stab, and, and shoot jump, an arrow. and jump, and jump, yeah, and ride a horse, call your horse, yeah. 
Which, uh, by the way, anyone who's listening, if uh, I'd say Shadows of Colossus is probably one of the top ten like all time games that anyone should play. Mm-hmm. I think I think most people would agree with that. It was an amazing, beautiful game that came out in like two thousand and I want to say five. Yes. Yeah. The original release had some serious performance issues, but I think that was PlayStation Two, and yeah. they had a re-release for PlayStation Three or something, which also came with I think Ico, which was also great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there There's might even the be remake. an HD remake. Yeah, on PS4. There is. Uh, yep. Actually, well, don't want to go too far yet, but Ico has, I think, a grand total of one boss fight in it, which was a little weird. Um, gotta have a final boss. Yeah, I want to finish yeah. that game. I haven't, I haven't actually gotten all the way through it. But good, Ico. Ico's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, if Shadow Classes is, is is probably on my. If if such a thing as a top ten exists, it would it would be on. Sure. There. Yeah. Yeah. That game's interesting. So like, it's are they boss fights when there's only only boss fights you know like yeah yeah i mean it's a it's probably a boss fight you could get the, i don't a know large monster, so. sure yeah. yeah well because there is there is gameplay in between the boss fights which i think there's, is like there's horse riding sure yeah that's <laughs> gameplay you're yeah, okay. traveling you're traveling yeah. through a landscape and observing its beauty yeah <laughs> well so like this is what i'm talking about though like see in shadow of the colossus the boss fights are probably boss fights but it's also an extension of the normal gameplay right like in the normal gameplay, you're still using the same exact mechanics. You're one. You're traversing the environment. You're climbing up on rocks. You're jumping over on top of things. You're climbing up, clambering all over the place in a it's non-scary true. environment. You're getting used to all the controls, right? You're basically doing everything that you're doing in a boss fight. You're climbing up grass vines on the thing. You're jumping from high ledges. You're running around. You're doing all the things that you're doing in the boss fight, but in a very safe environment. I honestly completely <laughs> a forgot stressful about way. Yeah, the yeah. platforming and climbing that you do on the way to the boss was And all yeah, the boss fights are tutorials. platforming and climbing. Like it's yes, not like true. Bayonetta where you got to do a 20 hit combo on the boss. You just stab him. You find you search the boss and you find his little weak spot and you stab him. And like, also figure out how to get onto the boss. Yeah. He's got usually, usually. like there are each class has like three spots, right? And three, three they're not spots, a, usually. They're yeah. not apparent at first. So you you're in a like dangerous situation and I think only the first one is apparent and you're like, I guess I gotta climb this guy somehow and get to the top of his head and stab him. And then after that, I gotta figure out where his other glowy spots are and yeah. not die or fall off in between. Yeah. You gotta shine your sword beam at, at it and it like reveals the weak yeah. spots. Oh, is that how that works? Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was for locating them. Huh. It's both. Yeah, both. I only use the sword beam in order to locate the colossi. I, I, I did want to take a quick step back and because I think that we uh, had a good point earlier, which is that boss fights in a lot of instances are sort of like a mechanism for uh, pacing or sort of, um, God, what, what's the term I'm looking for? Like, basically, it's like Metal Gear Solid, you know, you sneak around lots of tension building and then you do a boss fight where there's no sneaking around. It's just going guns blazing. Um, Shadow of the Colossus, there's basically like you're doing platforming, holding up your sword, trying to find a Colossus. So there's this adventure component to it. And then it's violence with the Colossi as well. Um, I think it's all about pacing, you know, having these sort of tense moments, but also having some sort of more relaxed moments between them in order to sort of, you know, fully engage the player. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a thing with like Shadow of the Colossus that is not apparent, I think, like from probably us just like talking about it is like the buildup of like tension of like heading to the Colossus is actually like really important mm-hmm. because like you have to travel a very long way and it takes a little while to get to it. 
And so all that time, you're just like, oh, boy. And, like, once you're there, you're like, I'm in it now. I'm in the shit. <laughs> and, like, you don't know what it's going to look like or, like, yeah. what the arena. Like, there's some yeah. there's some parts where you know you know what the arena is. Like, there's one where, you know, you're climbing up this big tower and there's a big circular platform on top. Like, of course, I'm fighting it there. But in other cases, sometimes you're just, like, in a field and suddenly, like, this hill in front of you is actually a monster and you're going to fight it. You know? I don't know if that literally yeah. happens, but, you know, roughly that. Yeah. Um. God, I haven't played the game since college. <laughs> yeah, same. Exactly. But, I should go get but, the I mean, remastered the, version. Yeah. There's like the flying one, and I think you head to a lake, right? Yeah. There's a couple and of you're like, ones. oh. I'm and I'm like, it's going to be a like, fucking lava monster. Or like a fucking fish here. And like, yeah, and then it's nope. a flying one, and you're like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> How do I do this? Yeah. That That's the best part about those fights, too, because you're just like, there's no way. And like they have a dynamic sound design too so it's like mm. this tense like dreadful music and then like once you finally figure it out and you're like on top of the monster like this triumphant like yeah. you know big uh-huh. music swells up and you're like i'm gonna go get him you know you're like climbing up the guy and the monster is like swinging his head around like mm-hmm. a fucking dog and like you guys hanging on for dear life it's so yeah, like the, cinematic, you know? That bird one, when you figure out, like, how to get on it and, like, how to kill it and you take it down, like, you feel like the smartest person alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, I don't know. Th- that's also, like, an interesting, you know, difficulty curve or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. in games like that where, like, you feel smart for figuring it out. Yeah, a lot of good a lot of good bosses are, like, a puzzle to figure out, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, um, this is probably going to be my hit check this out, but have you seen the uh, Mega64 video on Shadow of the Colossus? Are you familiar with Mega64? (laughs) I do love that. I'll I'll link it after this. It's terrific. But I did want to say that Shadow of the Colossus had amazing music. Um, It just fit perfectly, and they integrated into the game so well. And I think that, like, just the entire aesthetic of Shadow of the Colossus, it was a very minimalistic game. I think, like, there was no heads-up display aside from, like, showing you your, like, ability to hold on or something like that. But it was just... And I think there was a minor, like, a very small thing for your health. Like, a little, like, line or yeah. something next to it. It was like, you had a health and a stamina bar. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the stamina bar was, like, a circle. I don't know, but... Uh... I think the, the thought of, like, you know, puzzle mechanics kind of coming in... Um, is an interesting uh, point because it, it, that makes me think of like Destiny's, I'm going to put in air quotes, boss fights, which is their their raids um, because it's essentially going from like, it's a series of like mini bosses um, and like each boss fight has a bunch of like, it's just like a puzzle in itself. And like when the first like time anybody is open to the raids, they do it's like a race and everybody kind of like races each other to get to the world's first and it's always like bottleneck by figuring out the puzzle mechanics of a fight or like area um and i think the way that they've approached their designs is pretty fascinating for a game where like your main interaction with it is um jump and shoot <laughs> you shoot you point you point your gun shoot it and then you you can jump and yeah and somehow they made really interesting puzzles and mechanics yeah from that i think specifically destiny does a really good job of taking like modern mmo boss fight design and transferring it to a first person shooter perspective because 
that's really what they're doing is like they i mean they even yeah. call them raids right like the whole game is designed yep. to be like an mmo so it's still about like being on the right like like as it like you know gonna be like zones of of bad or good things on the ground and like i don't know figuring out what to shoot or where to shoot is part of it i don't know like what are some of the yep. examples yep. I mean, you mentioned one earlier of like one guy is a bomb. You yeah. all got to get away from yeah. that happens in, uh, I think, okay. the Taken King yeah. uh, fight. There's there's like but they also like do some really creative stuff, too. Like um, so like in, in one of the raids that I did, I had a lot of fun where like there was this giant ring around the outside of the arena. Um, and I think you have six players in, in a Destiny raid. So like yeah, I think so. Three players are, are doing boss fighty stuff you know like there's a whole bunch of guys running around shooting things yeah. and like they have Kill to protect the a thing or like they got to take an orb and put it in a thing whatever but then there's three other people that have to go do a completely different task like simultaneously where like the stuff that they're doing isn't is informing what you're doing but the stuff that the other people were doing i was i was one of the runners was so much fun there's a giant ring around the inside outside of the arena and you have this like crazy like speed running jumping puzzle where you're like you're you're like everyone's rotating around this ring at the same time, like a big, 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 like uh, marathon running track kind of thing. And like obstacles are showing up in your way and you can like shoot things and like slide through like holes and like dodge obstacles that are showing up around you and um, get, get to an end and everyone has to touch a thing at the same time. So like they, they kind of combine um, like normal FPS mechanics with also like, you know, environmental stuff like navigating an environment, platforming and jumping and that kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of like how they design a lot of their boss fights too, where it's like, oh, okay, now we have a, a DPS phase, right? Where the boss is vulnerable. So everyone has to shoot him, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone shoot all at the same time. Just yeah. shoot, 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 shoot. Um, and then like, you know, he'll be like, ah, gonna he'll like have a shield up and then you gotta <laughs> do things, you know? And like the stuff that they make you do is really fun. Um, like sometimes they'll split you up into three groups of two and have like ev- all everyone do doing different things. Sometimes they'll have, you know, different different divisions of people, but like I don't know. It's it's really, really kinda neat the way they're they're doing stuff. Um Yeah, it seems like phases is a big thing for MMO bosses. I would yeah, say it's yeah. less so for single player games, except for like the Final <laughs> so, Fantasy, like this isn't my final form sort of boss. Yeah. yeah. I, I disagree with that slightly, and it's something I've been thinking about while Raushi's been talking about this. Um so first off, the thing I was thinking about is the difference between uh, boss fights in multiplayer games versus boss fights in single player games because one of the things that i realized um is really nice in single player games is they typically like introduce the mechanics gradually like you'll have a first phase in the boss fight where he's doing like two attacks they can bring down the boss below a certain amount of health then all of a sudden the boss has these additional attacks that they throw into the mix and so basically the boss fight gets more complicated as you progress in the fight and there's more stuff you have to deal with also bonus points if um something that the boss does is something that was foreshadowed like like in a smaller way or like the same sort of i don't know the same sort of bullet appears and you know what that bullet already does because they're it's minions were using that bullet before or something like that yeah, yeah so like a mini cool. boss or something like yeah yep and i was thinking like this is something like it's not quite the same in a multiplayer game like a raid or whatnot because like sure there's phases in those and the boss can do something completely different but they're not going to spend part of the fight like teaching you like the simple mechanics of it in the same way that they would if it's a single-player fight you're only going to do once. I get the feeling like with MMO boss fights, those are fights you're going to be doing like potentially dozens of times. And so the expectation is you're going to get really good at this, and there's not going to be as much of a gimme phase for it. Yeah. I don't know. So this is one thing that I think um, Final Fantasy XIV does really well, 
is they specifically do that. So, like, okay. they'll usually have, like, here's mechanic A, all right? The boss is going to raise his fist up, and you actually have to look and see his hand. And then he'll, like, punch. And when he punches the ground, three big line AoEs will come out, and if you get hit by it, you get knocked back, right? So you just thing A, right? And then later on, the guy will do thing B, where he'll be like, oh, okay, where you're standing in a position, and underneath you is a big explody puddle. So you got to, as soon as you see the explody puddle, you got to walk out of it because it'll blow up. Um, and one appears under everybody, right? So... Um, ideally you'd want to stand close together and like, so you, as, as little of the arena as possible is covered with these explodey puzzles so everyone can get out and dodge it. Right. So they'll do thing a, they'll do thing B and then later on in the fight, they'll do a and B together. So you've seen both mm -hmm. of them, but now it's more complicated because there's two dimensions of things going on. And in some fights, they'll be like, here's a and B here's C here's uh, a, a random situation where it could be a and B together or B and C together, or like maybe a is influenced by B. So like, because it was A earlier, B will happen later. Um, so the, they do a good job of teaching you as you're going along um, and not just kind of like dropping you. Like Sometimes they will because it's exciting and interesting. They'll be like, all right, new boss phase. The, you got the guy to 50% and uh, a demon comes out and kills him and now you got to fight the demon, you know? Like, <laughs> sick. <laughs> uh, that was That's actually one of my favorite final bosses in, in 14 is from last expansion. But like, you're fighting this big guy X death. And then like uh when you get him down to 60%, um like a fucking black hole shows up and like tears him out of the arena and then like the the boss arena is like subsumed by this black void and then like the like reality itself shatters and this big huge demon like claws open a thing in the world and like comes out and then he's the real boss you know like oh my god that wasn't even the final boss wait did you even know about that guy ahead of time no was he literally <laughs> being introduced at the 60 percent health point? at the 60 and he was only in savage which is the hard mode the normal mode doesn't have that like you just kill you actually <laughs> oh, kill x death so like you know in, in the hard mode that happens it's like oh my god that's so cool <laughs> so i don't know i love shit like that yeah, um, but you know, I was going to say, can I introduce a different dimension of what makes a good boss fight? Yeah, please. Because uh, we've been talking so much about like game mechanics, but I think really great boss fights are also can be memorable because of like the story and where they, you know, who they are and what like what it means to defeat that boss. And I think it's usually much better bosses are that, or then they've been you know built up and foreshadowed and etc. Up until the point where you get them, and or wonder who they who they are just in the end really matters. You know, it's not just like. Uh, the biggest baddest cannon boy it's like you know he, he betrayed your family and you have to get revenge and you finally get this chance and you're fighting this person at the end or something like that yeah you know fucking final fantasy 7 man Sephiroth. Yeah. you gotta fight him <laughs> of course ah! or the best boss fight in the game uh mega Sal 3 i talk about that again you gotta fight the boss at the end the boss. Oh my god. The boss. <laughs> is he called the boss? Yeah. It. She's oh, called okay. the boss. She's she's yeah. the, the oh. biggest and most baddest fighter. But also she's your mentor slash mom. I don't okay. know. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> it's it is a lot of emotions. There is a lot. It is a lot. Jeez. It's really a lot. I don't know. And it's like super emotional the whole way through. And it has an amazing soundtrack and oh my god. And it takes place in this like flower field and it's like really Wow. Oh god. Why do I remember um the sniper wolf being like impactful? From Final F or from Metal Gear Solid One, it's super emotionally charged though because like your your best buddy Otacon is in love with this woman, and that's like you right. have to fight her, oh, right. and it's just like yeah. this just this just the way it's got to be. It's like tragic. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's very sad. Um, you know, because I, I was like I remember like being really like 
impacted by that boss fight, but I couldn't remember the like story around it. And yeah, that's why, because your buddy the entire time is like fawning over her. Yeah. You know, yeah, and she doesn't particularly care for him, though. I mean, yeah, so, it's I mean, kind of one sided. She was like nice to him. She was like, yeah, it's nice yeah. that you feed the dogs. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. But yeah, whatever. Otakon is a very sad man. But, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. You feed his pants. Metal Gear Solid. I could. It's a great game. To, I want to kind of toot our horn. I thought we made a really good boss. Which boss? Which one was that one? This was the boss of the Brink. Oh, hell yeah. That's the best one. That's the best one we ever did. I was hoping you'd say that one. Yeah. So in the Brink, uh, our, it was a Ludum Dare game we made years ago. And the theme was You Are the Monster, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so in this game, you're in this no, like weird... Wait, wasn't that one about death or something? You're the villain. See, it was either you're the villain or you're the monster. It's got to be one of those two. Oh, I, I think it was you're the villain. I mean, the game itself, the game that we made was about death. Micromancer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the game we made was about death. I don't know what the theme was, but... Yeah, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Flesh, flesh mess was, uh, was you are the monster. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Uh, no, it was transformation. That, that, that was... was yeah. The you are the monster theme has has come up multiple times. I don't know which ones it it was though. (laughs) It's totally true. (laughs) Shape shifting. I think it might have been shape shifting. That's the one thing about Ludum Dare. Like sometimes the themes come back because people really like them. (laughs) That's what happens when you do the Ludum Dare for many years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, the Brink. um, You are this kind of spooky looking dude in a weird dreamy scape, and there are like, and like enemies trying to like block you but they don't really do damage to you they just kind of stun you right there's like a heart and it hugs you there's like a like a woman type thing and i forget what the other one was and then if you start there's to run a out of floating time, head a woman's floating yeah, head and, and, uh, floating and head. Uh, uh old men that push you the old men don't yeah do any yeah damage. yeah there thank you uh, and then um there's this crazy looking like doctor thing that starts chasing you if you run out of time and it's kind of like a time trial game so the enemies that block you you know are like um that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to run out the time. You lose if the if this doctor thing touches you. And it's like, okay, what the fuck? And then you go through a couple levels of that. And then the boss is this like giant, multi-armed, shirtless old man figure, right? Like <laughs> naked old man figure. Yeah. And it looked rad and it was super cool. And then when you kill him, it uh, it, it, it the game cuts to... His head explodes, uh, by the way, when you kill him. I don't remember that, but yeah. sure, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. With like fire, not with blood. <laughs> like there's like a million explosions all around the head. Oh, and it's like yeah, okay. and stuff. Yeah. Very gamey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it uh, after that it cuts to an old man in a hospital bed flatlining. Yeah. After you beat. And he looks like the and so it, what it was was you're actually death killing an old man in the, in the hospital as the doctors and his loved ones are trying to keep him alive. No, but it's a happy thing. It's not a sad thing. <laughs> What? Of course it's sad. Yeah, well it's it's bittersweet. It's not like you're not doing the evil it's thing. The, you're just doing you're doing the thing. You're doing what I mean, you're just doing the job. Yeah, sure. just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the pleasant release of death after a long hard yeah. life. Uh, I really but enjoyed making boss, all right? the surreal surreal stuff for that. that it was cool, too. yeah. There were butts in the clouds, I remember. There were butts in the clouds, yeah. Yep, go back and look for butts in the clouds. But yeah, so the the final boss very narratively made sense because it was like the goal of the game and it was also a cool surprise, right? That yeah. what you're actually doing was helping an old man die. <laughs> Make his way to have this yeah. mortal coil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I was thinking about like um Legend of Zelda games, you know, yeah. are famous for their uh their bosses. Are 
are are the bosses in Legend of Zelda any good? <laughs> I don't know. It depends. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like that's a big that's a big uh it's a broad topic. Let's focus that down a little bit. Are we talking about specific Zelda? Are we talking about like I mean it's going to vary from game to game, but I thought that like, you know, uh Legend of Zelda linked to the past boss fights were like both good and also used by a bunch of people like in other games afterward copying a lot of those mechanics like i feel like if you've played uh link to the past is boss fights you've definitely played at least one other game that sort of copied them exactly is that what is that just because that's what a lot of games boss fights were, were, were or did that really influence it i feel like i just feel like large 2d thing that kind of like i'm assuming if i'm remembering this correctly you know shoots a lot of projectiles makes sort of like a bullet hell that you have to dodge and that sort of thing. I feel like not many of the Legend or Link to the Past ones were bullet hells. Like no. there was, for instance, like a big sort of a monster that moves around and only has a tail, which is vulnerable. Mm. Um, but, you know, like the rest of it can hurt you and push you off. Um, there's one where it's like you've got an array of like four or nine enemies. I forget exactly how many. And you have to kill all of them. And the more you kill, the stronger the ones that, re that mm. remain are. Um, there's one with the mask. Oh they yeah, get to blow its mask off. Yep, either with a bomb or with a hammer. Um, yeah, yeah. But so, Link to the Past didn't. This was before Zelda bosses got started to follow a like very specific pattern, and it has to do with how the dungeons also follow certain patterns. So if you if you talk about Legend of Zelda in terms of the sort of Ocarina of Time, and and henceforth between Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild. Right, like that, that was that was the Zelda formula for many years, which was you go to a dungeon, that dungeon has the item. <laughs> and that item it basically unlocks rooms in the dungeon because that item allows you to either, you know, or it allows you to overcome some sort of obstacle to get through the rest of the dungeon. So it's always like about halfway through the dungeon, you get that you're like scheduled to get this item. And then the boss, almost invariably, every single time, requires you to use that item to sort of quote unquote, stun the boss in some way or another, and then walk up to it with your sword and hit it a bunch of times until you can't do that anymore. And then rinse and repeat. Three times. And that's three like, times. Three times. <laughs> yeah, always three times. Yeah. And that became the Zelda boss formula for many, many years. Yeah, I'm trying mm. to think of like any yeah. uh, Ocarina of Time and Onward, not including Breath of the Wild, um, any boss fights that I even remember. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to I, think of like any boss from Wind Waker, and I can't even remember a single one. Even no, though the game was amazing. I can't. I'm also thinking, wasn't Metroid Prime similar in that, like, you get an item and then you fight a boss with that item, and you you need to use that item three times? Like, also, Rule of Threes is definitely a thing in these I mean, sorts of games. Game I think that's a thing. Yeah, that might yeah. be a Nintendo thing. Nintendo uh, slash whatever. Like Mario boss fights are the same thing. Yeah, like on any of the modern Mario games, it's like, oh, you gotta hit the guy three times and do the yep. thing, you know. I remember uh, a lot of the Ocarina of Time bosses, but that's probably because I was eleven and felt really clever when I figured out mm -hmm. how to use the item from that dungeon to kill the thing. It was also the first time that formula was used. Very forgettable thereafter, except for like Ganon himself is usually pretty memorable. Yeah, in most I remember games. liking the Ganon fight, chopping the lightning balls to go back in him and then tugging on the war with that, but like. I really don't remember a single thing. I don't remember another boss fight. Oh, I remember the fucking first one with the you got to hit him in the eye with the 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 slingshot. Slingshot. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Because it would be on the. Ceiling. And they repeat that puzzle in like every new yeah. ranged weapon you ever got. You hit, well, hit so I think it was fine eye. in the context of Ocarina of Time because like right. it was brand new like, first. Yeah. No one had ever figured out how to do that shit, and it was very cinematic and cool. But like every other Zelda game is not get a free pass. 
<laughs> no. You know, there's a lot of more things that they could have done. They could have made it more environmental. They could have made it more, I don't know, like Zelda's a game about exploring and, you know, doing cool stuff. And like, I do have to say to their credit, it isn't always obvious how you use the item in order to like, you know, beat the boss. It's not just like you walk up, you touch them with a rock that you found somewhere in the dungeon. They're like, ah, <laughs> oh, roll over onto their belly and then you hit them with a sword. Yeah. But it's also usually not like a huge like brain leap to like figure it out. <laughs> True. You're like, True. I have a bomb. What do I do with this bomb? Yeah. I got Blow I got the, uh, the the bow and arrow. The boss is a guy with a big eye that glows red. You gotta shoot him in the <laughs> yeah. eye. Yep. Uh. <laughs> but then there's like there's Breath of the Wild, and honestly, I I do I I haven't enjoyed the boss fights in Breath of the Wild. Like to me, they feel like they're any other enemy. They're a little bit stronger, but they have a shitload of health. So all I do is just eat some like, uh, what is it like the durin, like fruit, healthy, like just health, make a, health food, heart foods. Yeah, I just I just blowed myself up with yellow hearts and just like take a beating, but just keep hammering this guy with and break all of my weapons in the process until he's dead. <laughs> and that's that was like I I only I think I only defeated two, but that that's what both of them were. Yeah, they also weren't very like memorable in the sense that they didn't look terribly different from each other. They were all that kind of just yeah, like they all look spooky really Ganon shapes. I don't even know how to explain it, but like the mm-hmm. smoky like black and purple kind of smoky. Yeah, Ganon transformer. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they they weren't such a huge fixture in that game, right? Yeah. So like they're not like that's not the point of that game. Like I guess nope. like yeah. they fall into the trap of a game needs a boss fight, so we have to have a boss fight. But like yeah, you know. That's not the point. I mean, it does it does a good job of like making like that game. A lot of about that game is like adventuring and being prepared and preparing for things. Mm-hmm. And so, like a lot, like you know, you know exactly when you're gonna fight this enemy, and you can do it on your own terms. So you can stop the dungeon, and you're like, all right, time to go. Like pack my shit up and gear up and just find all the things I have. So when I walk into this fight, I'm just have like a thousand swords sticking out of my backpack and shit. <laughs> I'm like, it's time to go motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like a test of like, just how like your agility and stuff. Like it's nothing exceptionally clever, but it does feel like a challenge. You know, the great yeah. beasts themselves, each of them was kind of like a boss fighty sort of set piece experience, right? And it almost was like Shadow of the Colossus here, right? You had to figure out how to get on top of the big old beast. And it was usually yeah, trying true. to kill you as you did so. Yeah, that that would be my argument. Like I would if I were to make a change to that, I would just say delete it. Delete those boss fights altogether. Or just have like some little thing that's kinda quick. The Ganon boss fights? No yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't need it. You did the boss fight is like the extension the puzzle dungeon yeah the puzzle dungeon right because it's an extension of the normal gameplay mechanics normally totally what you're doing right. is you're exploring the environment maybe there's some combat you're some fighting like that game could even do without combat you don't even need it <laughs> yeah. and not to mention that game had boss ish enemies right like uh the lionels and the big the, uh, ogre guys des- right the big the rocks thing and... right like there was a lot of like kind of like opt-in boss fights that were they felt actually way better and more like boss fights even though you could just sort of farm them yeah man i gotta play i can't wait but you could have one to do that have one of those be the boss fight you know like i don't know whatever but like that's also why i give it a free pass because you also did a a fucking exploration boss fight if you will by doing the cool dungeon yeah um so you know why not 
So it's it's interesting because uh, like if you compare that to a game like Death Stranding, for example, where like um, like I, I don't know how many of you guys have played Death Stranding, but like not at that all. game does have nope. boss fights, very bombastic Kojima boss fights in it. That seems weird, right? Because that's like a non-violent yeah. game. It's so, like a walking simulator. You're yeah. like sort of like carrying a bunch of stuff from point A to you point B. You have a gun, but it's like super hard to use, right? And it's like bad if you use it because then bombs, like <laughs> people detonate. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, a really hard conversation tree you have to beat to, should, <laughs> to be no, boss. Well, like there's there's an interesting layer of subtext in there. Well, I guess barely subtext. But like Kojima's just like, <laughs> Why the fuck do you want this? Like, it's in there because it has to be in there. But like, <laughs> like the final boss fight of the game is basically like, uh, you know, the character, the, the boss guy telling you that you wanted this and like berating you for it, basically. Like, it doesn't need to be in there. And it like has to be, you know, like it's it's like a conversation of like him talking to like, I don't know, shitty, shitty fan base of like, make more Metal Gear, make more Metal Gear. He's like, no, man. I want to do my own shit. <laughs> so he made a beautiful game about not killing anybody and like connecting, you know, with other humans. And it had to have a boss fight because AAA games have to have yeah. a boss fight. Kojima, Kojima is like the like personification of that meme of like the writer who's like, I know writers who use subtext <laughs> and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is where that's from, by the way. And you should all watch that show because it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is that like, I don't know, those games have a lot of subtext to them as well. And they also have a lot of extremely unsubtle text <laughs> as well. So, you know, there's a lot of layers going on. But like, <laughs> is not subtext just called text? Text? Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. so speaking of games with, you know, rich in subtext, uh, the boss fight that I wanted to bring up was um, from God of War 3. Um, and it's a boss fight, I don't know why like this boss fight in particular stuck out in my mind while I was playing it, but um, it's the fight versus Hades, um, which is about halfway through the game. And like it stuck out in my mind because I remember that I was playing the game at the hardest difficulty level, and I was doing this fight over and over and over again because like, like he beat the shit out of me repeatedly. Um, and I think it was probably something like the 10th time I tried him, I actually managed to beat him, and it was so satisfying. But there were a lot of parts about that fight um, that I thought were sort of like worthwhile or worth commenting on. And I was watching a video of it before we started podcasting because it's been probably a good decade or so since I actually played through it. Um, actually, how many of you have played through God of War 3 and know what I'm talking about? Never played not it. Not at all. Wow. Not a single person. I'm the only person here. Okay. Uh, I'll send you a link at some point. But it's a combination of things like... First off, the fight is structured, like I said before, in a sort of like educational way. Like it starts off fairly simply, like Hades has two attacks that he'll um, use against you. And, you know, you pretty quickly figure out, you know, oh, here's how I need to respond to them. And the other thing that was kind of cool about this boss fight is he his moveset is somewhat similar to yours in that he also has like, you know, big purple blades attached to his hands that he shoots out on chains um, spoiler alert, when you kill him, you get his weapon. Um, so, nice. you know, um, so like, and it's also just a very sort of like atmospheric, moody, dark area. So like, you know, you are doing this in, you know, uh, the Greek equivalent of hell, you know, you're going through, is the domain known as Hades as well? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So anyway, you're going through Hades and it's this dark, sad place with lots of, you know, you know, dead people and stuff like that, pools of blood, so on and so forth. And 
you know, the God of War interpretation of it, of course, is going to be much, much grittier than anything else as well. But I mean, it was just that it was very atmospheric. It felt very sort of visceral. And it also had a bunch of quick time events, which were all the rage back in the day. <laughs> um, Our favorite. Oh, oh. Yeah. And it, like I was looking through it and the quick time events themselves, like it's basically just mashing a button a couple times. Um, but the right button. How did that become a thing? How the yeah. fuck did that become I don't a know. thing? Shenmue, baby. You know, really, you know they're really bad for accessibility. Like that's actually a big no-no now that there are like accessibility mm-hmm. rules in games these days. Quick time events are just yeah. kind of like just don't use them. They're bad. I I mean yeah. I can't remember the last game that had a quick time event because yeah. the the moment they showed up, everyone was like, "These are terrible," and then they showed up everywhere, and everyone was like, "This is very bad everywhere." Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of felt like it was kind of cool just in terms of now the character is doing something interesting in the boss fight. Like I remember Resident Evil Four had great boss fights, and they were pretty quick time heavy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just but like set up, do the thing where you can set up the scenario, and then like if you want to, if you want this to, the, the fight to turn into like a little cool cinematic moment where you just let the cinematic play. Don't like interrupt it with sure. Yeah, with with a yeah. dynamic pause system where the pause button changes, the unpause yeah. button changes. The, yeah, the, the only exception I would say to something like that is Bayonetta because Bayonetta is perfect. But um, <laughs> Bayonetta, Did you see there's a new Bayonetta? I'm fucking psyched, man. I can't wait. I want to <laughs> kick the shit out of demons. It's going to be sick. Anyway, um, in, in, they, they do have stuff like that, too, where you have these, like, torture moments where, like, a big fucking, like, uh, I don't know, Iron Maiden will come out and, like, slam a guy in there. But the QTEs are always, like, you're just hitting the one, the same button every time. But it's like mm-hmm. impacting what you're doing because you're already kicking this guy's ass in a very button mashy fashion. And then this extremely like flashy thing shows up. And then you're just like slamming B and there's like a number going up. Like this is going to be a 50 gigaton, 100 gigaton, one kiloton, one bajillaton. And then like, you know. A bajillaton. Like a fucking <laughs> demon comes out of the world and bites the guy's head off. But um, see, that sounds like a, an, an extension of the gameplay itself yeah it doesn't really sound necessarily like a quick time like a quick time event i would define as being like it's it's actually like very much like taking you out of the norm of what you were doing and then forcing you to guess a button and hit it in time yeah otherwise you're it like ends and you have to start it over again from like a last save point and you're like why the fuck in the fight that i'm talking about with hades like it's always pressing the circle button like it's just that sort of progresses to the next phase of the fight and it's you press the circle button once and the one exception to this where you have to press the circle button repeatedly which definitely would be an accessibility thing um it's for like a really visceral moment when you're jumping on top of hades himself and you're stabbing him with your sword you know you're you know, wrist blades repeatedly, and you literally like carve off a piece of his chest and rip it off and throw it out into the arena. And then it starts sort of like going back to him. And if it makes it back to him, it'll sort of shloop back onto him and he'll regain it. Nice. And so you have to like rip this chunk of flesh off of him. And then you have to beat that flesh up until it basically disintegrates before it gets back to him. Um, it's just, it's very visceral. It's very sort of like, uh, it feels good. Um, just in terms of like the fight and it feels fair as well. I feel like that's also an important part. Like I'm, I typically play games on sort of like higher difficulty levels with the expectation that yes, the game's going to kill me. Um, and I feel like sometimes if a boss just sort of like kills you out of nowhere in a way that you can't respond to or predict or whatnot, that's just bullshit. And that's not fun. And in this, like this fight and a bunch of other, you know, God of War in general has a lot of good fu- boss fights. Like, they feel fair. Like they'll give you a little bit of a, you know, broadcast. The boss is about to do this. You need to respond. And if you don't respond, you're going to get hurt. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I love that boss fight, and I'm sad that nobody else has uh, uh, played it before, but I will link it so you can at least, you know, see it. I'm imagining that I played it, and I said, hell yeah. All right. <laughs> can anyone think of, like, terrible boss fights like that you actually remember? Because it seems like if it's a bad boss fight, you just forget about it. Yeah, you're just forgettable and mediocre. Kingdom Hearts fucking boss fights with unskippable uh, one-hour cutscenes before them. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But that's like... That's like a like the construction of Kingdom Hearts is yeah. kind of a disaster. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was thinking like the Division Two boss fights um, were terrible, just in terms of like I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but you've got like a machine gun or whatnot, and it's in a sort of like realistic esque environment. But then in order to kill the boss, you need to shoot them in the head like a thousand times in order to actually yeah. kill them because they've got a health bar which goes down. <laughs> every time you shoot them at point blanket range with a fucking machine gun yeah. in the head everything about that game is unbelievably disappointing so <laughs> it, is is this any different than uh the division one because it's the I same fought bosses in division i one never played was... the division one oh so. okay because i was gonna say like that was division one <laughs> yeah it's the just same. bullet sponges it's just like it's like a guy with another gun but he's a bullet sponge and you're just like okay i guess i'm gonna shoot you forever mm -hmm. and hope i don't die in the meantime and also, like, your player character is, like, you know, modern... Tactical boy. Stupid cover shooter. So, like, you, you take one hit and you have to hide for 100 years for your health regen. It's just, like, completely unfun. <laughs> you know? Like, you compare that to something like Doom, where you're, like, rocketing around at 100 miles an hour and, like, shooting guys with rocket launchers and shotguns and chainsawing assholes. You know? And you're like, oh, my God, this is so much more fun. So, Doom has one of the best boss fights because of... I, I saw it in a speed run. Um, and it's not it's not the best because it's like actually the best, but because of the way the community figured out how to like fuck it. And so there's this one where the like a cyber demon, I think it is, like comes out of like a door and it stomps. And like if you like just fire off a BFG shot, like right as it gets to its face, you uh, bring up the like um, semi pause, like slow time. A wheel menu with all your guns on it and you just hold that for a while uh it just like the bfg just drains itself <laughs> until it dies and you release it and you just the guy blows up <laughs> it is so fantastic that's a clever use of of time game slow mechanics. game wheels nonsense yeah it's almost a little bit of a tangent but i almost love when you know speedruns have a lot of boss quick kills right where they kind of yeah. exploit something to do a lot of damage or break the boss somehow. I love how Dark Souls actually has a boss quick kills built into like at least three of them. Like yeah. the when I when I played the first time I actually replayed Dark Souls was a couple couple months ago. And I did the thing in one of the early bosses where you're on a bridge and it's like a big the Taurus demon. He's a big Minotaur right he hits you with the big hammer or whatever. And like <laughs> if you, you can be like next to a little part of the broken bridge and he'll just like if you position it, he'll just fucking fall off the bridge and die. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's My greatest regret is that's how I beat him the first time. Like, I was playing oh, a thief. accident? And, like, God, I was fucking dying over and over and over again. I spent, like, half of an afternoon just dying to Taurus Demon. And then he fucking back jumped off the wall. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this sucks. I re-rolled because I wanted to beat it myself. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great um, exploit in uh, the new Resident Evil 2 uh, remake 
where <laughs> in every boss fight, like so the knife um does damage like it's frame based for some reason. And so if you like uncap the frame rate and you have a really powerful machine, you can get like a shit like it, it can run like so many frames per second. And if you just like knife them a bunch, like not even a bunch, just a little bit, because it's just like pounding out damage per frame and you have a shitload of frames, you just melt guys with your shitty knife. And like there's like this big bass boss and you're just like blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a spooky game, but you just like shank guys to death. <laughs> no problem. I love how the how the, uh, the speed run rules, like the category rules, are like you can play at 120 FPS maximum. You must cap to 120 FPS, no more. <laughs> this is why all game you need to make, game developers make all of your games on Delta time, not yep. frames. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was actually a very. It's similar... amazing to me <laughs> that people like that games still do that because it's yeah. like, have you what? <laughs> It's really easy to miss stuff like that, though. I don't know what why they would build it like that in the first place, but fucking even Dark Souls, like on the Dark Souls Two PC release, uh, weapon durability was degraded by how long your weapon was in the monster <laughs> frame based. So on high frame rate Weird. things, your weapon would like degrade like way faster because the PlayStation oh, no. Three version, the original version of Dark Souls Two, was like thirty frames a second, and PC version, you know, sixty whatever. You go up a lot, and that's pro and that's probably how they ran into that issue. They probably built it, yeah, like uh, PS3 first, mm -hmm. and then when they transitioned to like PC, they, <laughs> they release it, and then they're like, "Oops, whoops!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, it's so easy to miss something like that. Uh, yeah, but that's that's funny. It's kind of a miracle that like that's like the only thing that was broken, or there's there probably another <laughs> bunch of stuff that was broken that was just like. We know about this bug. We don't have time to fix it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's always like you know, and 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 all we're all developers here too. It's like there's like you look at your Jira or whatever your bug tracking <laughs> thing is, and there's like a thousand things you need to fix, and you know, of course, the one that everyone complains about is item number eight hundred and seventy-two, and you're like, I'm never gonna know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's well, one up yeah. here where the game crashes if you like move left right. in the castle. You're like, we're gonna fix that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy you can play the game. I don't care about that. It's a miracle this thing fucking runs. Yeah. I'm gonna fix the one that causes GPUs to melt. You know, 0.1 yeah. percent of the time. <laughs> oh, that game's coming out in two days. I'm gonna talk about it in a future episode. New World. Oh, New World. Yeah. Huh? Yep. I had one more boss thing to ask about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys think that? Do you guys think that Mario games have good boss? Like, like Bowser's like the boss, right? He's like the quintessential boss fight in a lot of ways, just from gaming history. Are Bowser fights good? Good boss fights? Like, think about like Mario sixty four. I was, I was gonna, I was thinking of uh, like Mario one. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. just I've thinking never that. Actually, played to the end, and it's like you watch. I know, I know it's harder to do in, for a human, but like when you watch speedrunners do it, they just literally just like run and jump, and it's like oh, he's dead. <laughs> he's just an obstacle cool. to jump over yeah yeah cool boss i fight. mean also on top of that like the only difference between him and the previous bosses is like he's throwing hammers in addition to shooting fireballs so like it's not a great change of pace there i was going to say though for mario super mario brothers 3 though um that's an, another one of those sort of like canonical boss fights that i've seen copied in other places where you know bowser sort of tries to jump on you and then destroys the ground beneath you and you have to basically cause him to slam through the bottom without getting killed by him. Um, and I've Did seen Mario that Brothers fight. Did Mario also have like the Koopalings and stuff like that yeah. too, right? Wait, no, that yeah. was Mario World, wasn't it? Or is that 3? Is that Mario World? Maybe, no, Mario maybe I'm thinking of Mario them. World. No, 
No, yeah, Mario 3, yeah, like, um, there was always, like, a little Koopaling that you fought at the end, and they dropped oh, okay. a magic wand or something. And Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm trying to remember if I'm confusing Mario 3 with with Super Mario World. I don't know, but who knows? Mm, Those are there. cool. Yeah. Yoshi's yeah, Island bosses were also very cool. Remember in Yoshi's Island, the bosses were always... Yoshi's Island is one of my favorite like older games, but a lot of it's like more of a sleeper, I think. There's like this, you know, Kamek is like this magic witch thing, and he always, at the end of a thing, will sprinkle fairy dust on like a normal enemy that you've been fighting, and it turns into like a crazy big giant version of it, and <laughs> totally it totally changes the context of how you fight it and stuff. That was always cool. And it was always That's you could awesome. use clues, right, from how they kind of are were before to how to fight it now. That's neat. One of the best ones is actually... Uh, uh, it was an inspiration for one of our other Radmars games. You get sent to the moon against a giant penguin. And the moon is like an actual rotating, like it's like, a, it's like a circle that fits on the screen. And when you move, like the whole screen rotates. So you're actually running around the perimeter of this moon. And the enemy penguin is also running around the perimeter of this moon. Um, and the puzzle, the puzzle to kill it is that there are like these, you know, stompy spikes. And if you stomp on the spike on one side of the moon, it juts out on the other side of the moon. So you have to jut it out under the penguin to do damage to it. It's very cool. Anyways, that became one of the inspirations. Also one of our favorite Red Mars game. My favorite. Yeah, to attack on yeah. Red Mars. Yeah. I'm surprised like we haven't talked more like you know, I haven't played any of them, the Soulsborne games, but like their general fighting mechanics are pretty like well known. Are the bosses actually like cause I know Sekiro supposedly has like pretty intense boss fights, but are are like Dark Souls and Soulsborne like are the bosses like just all the same just difficult oh no <laughs> they're awesome <laughs> well so yeah i don't know it it's like the crazy the, the nice thing about dark souls games too is that like there's there's the two phases broken up like we were talking about this a little bit in Metal Gear salad right where like you're exploring the world you're going through it very carefully you're being like very cautious and like sticking around all the corners and in this very dangerous desolate oh god a mimic world yeah oh god a mimic fucking dark souls 3 has like more mimics than real chests uh, <laughs> i don't know if it actually does but it feels like it um but like and then you then you um go through this fog door where like it's just like a, a plane of fog like blocking some kind of doorway and you don't know what's behind it and almost always it's a boss and you're like i don't know what i'm gonna fight i don't know what i'm gonna run into and you run into this like horrifying situation where like Sometimes it's like the size of you. Sometimes it's a fucking dragon the size of a building. Sometimes it's like some big medium guy. Sometimes it's two guys. Sometimes it's three guys. Sometimes it's a whole bunch of guys. I don't know. It's crazy. The bosses are all very different, but you're using the same very simple set of movement skills that you have in those games. Like, um, you you have attack and heavy attack, and that's basically all you're doing in the entire game. But like the bosses themselves have like these wildly varied mechanics and what they can and what they can't do they have like attack patterns that you can like learn and manipulate or react to sometimes it's random sometimes it's set i don't know it's a, it's an extremely great extension of like the behavior of regular mobs in a much scarier more intense situation so so it's not like necessarily like excessively like unique mechanically but it's like an extension of itself like the game itself in a more interesting and like stressful way yeah and it's very dangerous <laughs> are there puzzle mechanics ever involved in any of these things like sometimes not usually like trying to figure out like the puzzle to to actually damage them or anything like that um the, the dragon god you were complaining about before on demon souls right 
Dragon God. I mean, Demon Souls, all the bosses are gimmicks. <laughs> it's like, I hate Demon Souls. <laughs> the game is really good, but oh my god, the boss fights suck. Uh, but like, there is one fight like that in Demon Souls where there's this big fat butcher guy that you can't really deal any damage to, but there's like a big spike in his side, so you can hit the spike and deal damage to him. Um, but even that doesn't deal damage to him. That makes him fall over, and there's like a demon in his like severed head that you gotta kill. But like, the best fights in the Soulsborne series are like feel more like a like a a really tough and challenging enemy as opposed to a gimmick thing. So it's like yeah, it's a mono e mono situation where like. I'm really fighting this guy toe to toe and we're just going to like duke it out and like I'm going to get him as opposed to like a gimmicky kind of thing. Like, it's like a challenge test thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like an execution check as opposed to like a gimmick check. Yeah, like there, there are some bosses like that in all of them. But like, oh, my God, fucking Dragon God, it's the worst, too. Like <laughs> in Demon Souls, like one of the one of the Elder Gods you got to kill is like a, a fucking this dragon the size of a building and you don't actually fight him you just like got to get through his arena and hit three buttons and then like the actual killing him is like he's like basically dead on the ground and you had to like chop his little chin <laughs> you know it's like this sucks uh, <laughs> demon souls is like great but it's such a miserable game it's just like unfun i at least commend them for having these ideas um one one really cool uh, at least concept for a boss in Demon Souls that I want to bring up is like the old monk, which could be controlled by another player in PvP sometimes if someone summoned correctly. Oh, that's right. If you pause and come yeah. back, yes. does he die that of natural causes? Can't pause. <laughs> you cannot pause in any of these games. Demon Souls <laughs> cannot be paused. It's a single player ass game. Can't fucking pause it. <laughs> yeah. Always online. Yeah. I, I will never forget my first experience in Demon Souls with Invasions is. Uh, I was going into like the the zone with all the skeleton guys in it, the the like roly poly skeleton dudes, and like I was like you know trudging my way through and just being miserable and dying a whole lot, and I'm like, oh god, this game's so hard. And then um, I was like standing on a ledge, looking out at the scenery, just like contemplating life. And the dude invaded me. I didn't notice it. He just walks up behind me, backstabs me, and kicks me off the ledge, and I die, I lose all my souls. So I'm like, <laughs> fuck this shit. <laughs> When I asked about Sekiro Ford, you nodded. Um, is mm. there anything you can impart to us about <laughs> oh, what's kind of special about that game? Yeah, boss real fights? quick. I don't want to go too deep into it. Um, but yeah. I don't want to spoil it, too. The last boss is so good in that game, and it's so fucking hard. Um, I think the big, just real quick, the big difference between the Souls games and Sekiro is that Sekiro is very much narrower in terms of what you can do with your build. Sekiro is very much like you can parry, and you can chop with your sword. That's kind of it. You got like ninja tools and stuff, but the main thing is parrying and chopping the throw. With Dark Souls, there's a little more room to, you know, you can be a thief, you can be a archer guy or a sorcerer or whatever. Yeah, you can just can you like a samurai, and that's like your only choice. Yeah, yeah like so, it's it's yeah, very yeah, much you, like a Mega you Man be game. Sekiro. Yeah, like there you have a whole bunch of tools, but there sort of is a right answer for every boss fight. Um, yes. So the really cool thing about Sekiro is that this one guy kind of shows up three times in, in throughout the game. The first time is like the, he's like the boss of the tutorial section where it's kind of unwinnable. But he chops off your arm, and that's kind of the the big <laughs> that's where you get the, for the that's where you get the ninja arm. And he's like really big difficulty spike in like the middle of the game where it kind of teaches you how to do this really cool unique mechanic with lightning. And then he shows up all the way at the end of the game again, and you can kind of just fucking kick his ass. Um, but he's still kind of a threat. He still does a lot of damage, but you can also just fuck him up really fast too. So it kind of it builds up in the mechanics in a clearer kind of more video game. -y. Yeah kind of clear way of like here's the mechanics i've been teaching you this whole game now you can use all of them to beat the last boss that kind of thing yeah 
That's pretty cool. That brings back that narrative or that buildup, the satisfaction uh, mm. that that final boss has. That yeah, because there's like a story behind it. Like once mm. you meet him for the final time, you're like, "Oh, you bitch! <laughs> I'm gonna kill you now!" <laughs> yeah. Then the actual final boss shows up and he fucking crushes you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> like that's that's what those games do the best, right? Is like you level up as a player in addition to your character getting stronger. But the character getting stronger is almost like secondary, right? Like once you if you if you manage to make your way through these games. Um, which you should because they're awesome. Um, every single time you fight a boss, it's like, this is so fucking hard. This is impossible. And then you beat it. And then you read the next one. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is so hard. This is impossible. But then if you like go back after beating the game and go through it again, you're like, holy shit, I could just kill these guys. Like you just <laughs> annihilate them. And you're like, oh, my God, how this was so hard. <laughs> that actually brings back another thing, like because I said something about earlier about like, um, <clears throat> bringing in like some like smaller enemy mechanics into the boss fight. But another thing you're talking about is sometimes a boss becomes just like a heavy later on, right? Like the first time you fight this like ogre thing, right? It's like a boss and it's like a moment. And then like later on, you're like fighting like several of them at once. And you're just like, whatever. And they're like the same <laughs> dudes. And I always yeah. feel so cool when, when that game, when games let you do that. Uh. <laughs> a little bit of player knowledge goes a long way. Yep. Well, I think we've discussed all the bosses we've covered mm -hmm. them all there's no other yeah. bosses left there's no more um would you guys like to take a break yeah yeah let's do it after we sit down and i tell you about uh in depth every single mechanic in final <laughs> fantasy please don't 14 boss fight bus fight you fight a bus ultimate <laughs> twitania you can fight ultimate you cob you cob yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Take a break. <laughs> Take a break. Welcome back. Do you guys want to do... Hey, check this out. Good job. All right. I can get us started, actually, because uh, I made reference to what this was earlier. Um, so I don't know if there's still a group or not, but there's a group called Mega64, uh, like a decade ago or something. And they basically just sort of like kind of reenact scenes from video games in like public spaces and just record people's reactions to it. Um, and it was nothing that was sort of like super disruptive or whatnot. So, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, and it's definitely also a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and they did one uh, for Shadow of the Colossus where they had one guy sort of like dress up as a titan and then another guy dress up as the guy with a sword and climb on him in public places. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, I bet you I bet you that's from like 15 years ago now. It probably is. Uh, it, entirely possible. But yeah, uh, just if you do a YouTube search for Mega64 Shadow of the Colossus, I'm sure it'll be the first result. I actually, um, I don't know if it's a more modern series or not, but the Mega64 people do like X game in five minutes. And I, I recently watched the Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid in five minutes from them. And it's it's a delight, a true treat. 
Mike, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going to go next. I'm going to recommend Elemental TD2 on Steam. Uh, so there's a tower defense game called Elemental Tower Defense that was like started off as a custom game for like Warcraft 3 or some shit. And then it's been in like every Blizzard game that had a custom game maker or whatever. But like, I don't know, I didn't want to fucking install StarCraft 2 and look for it and it probably doesn't work anymore. And then I found out that those 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 rascals, they released it on Steam for like 15 bucks. So do it. If you like a tower defense game, go play it. It's fun. They actually have co-op, which is which is an exciting thing for a tower defense to have. That is very exciting. Where like the areas where the monsters path through are like kind of intertwined in like players' areas. So you can kind of like have like a, a cool strategic placement of your towers where they can both attack your stuff and some of your friends' uh, enemies. And you can kind of like work together to have like a, a more optimal setup for tower defensing. If it's elemental, is it like a is there like creative ways to combine elements to make like weird towers? Is that how that works? Yep, that's how it works. There's like eight eight elements and there's combinations of two and combinations of three. That's uh, a lot of combinations. There's there's a lot of combinations, but uh there's a lot of towers. And what's the best combination? I don't know. The pizza one. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of really cheese, good ones the cheese Jesus elemental element, tomato right? elemental yeah, and cheese. the bread elemental actually my favorite is uh if when you combine dark and earth and it makes these giant like howitzer cannons that do more damage the farther away the enemy is so you want to have them like really far off in the distance to blast something at the edge of their radius and you have like a whole big you know array of these howitzer cannons so this isn't a new game no no like how old, how old is this game i don't know <laughs> <laughs> One newer or older old. than Shadow of the Colossus. It's at least as old as Warcraft Three, probably even older. Oof. Goof, uh, goof. Yeah, because I mean, all these games came from custom games, so yeah. Uh, I think the tower, like, I don't know how true this is, but I'm pretty sure that the whole tower defense genre came from like either StarCraft or Warcraft Three custom games, Warcraft yeah. Two maybe even. I feel like there was a bunch of Flash ones before that, but yeah, I think they really took off with Warcraft Three custom mods. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, tower defense games even existed in the era of StarCraft One custom games, but I, I yes, I played them it. back then. I played one called Defend Slim Shady. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of yeah! Of course. <laughs> Did he stand up? <laughs> Slim Shady was a, a ghost unit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was standing <laughs> and he was sniping. <laughs> Fucking internet. Hell yeah! <laughs> Brandon, uh, I guess I go? could. Yeah, yeah. I, I like how you're calling us out this time because we're like a bad yeah. class that's just not saying shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Yeah. <laughs> teacher Andy. I just figured it would move it along faster. It does move it along. Um I was pleasantly surprised today at tea ceremony uh with the uh the sweet that we had. It was a Bailey's apple pie. So like apple pie with Bailey's as part of the recipe, like Irish cream. It was mm. freaking delicious. So if there's any way you can find a recipe or find a place that makes a Bailey's apple pie, go try it because it was awesome. Oh. I'm going to go eat some more of it right now because my teacher gave me the chunk of the pie to take home. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Or do you want to you do this Sure. Thing? I'll just recommend a quick uh, little short film on YouTube called Golden Hour. Um, it's animated, a really cool animation style. Um, it's about filmmaking. It's a short, short, short. It's only like five, six minutes. Yeah, it's fun. Check it out. Nice. Hey, Andy, you want to go Very next? Cool. I <laughs> Don't actually. Ah. <laughs> hey Andy, you gotta go next, asshole. I know. I just am like googling really quickly because I <laughs> wanted to be very specific about what I. Uh, oh boy. Uh, what am I? Okay, here we go. 
I was trying to find the number. So I'm recommending, um, wait, this isn't right. <laughs> There's a new season of the great British baking show on Netflix. And I was trying to figure out what season this is and I can't figure it out, but it's the latest one. Uh, and guess what? It's delightful as always. It's charming and soothing and great. You need to go watch it. Brendan hasn't watched it, so I you need to go watch all of them every season. Can't believe you just called me out. I'm probably not the only one. I haven't <laughs> seen it. Yeah, but you're the one I know about. Oh. And if I know about it, I'm going to tell you. Go see it. Nice. All right, go, all to right. the, go to Netflix and yeah. watch it. It's very good. They're pleasant British people being very nice to each other and making very good cakes and other shit. Sometimes bread. Sometimes pastries. They're all baked. Very good. They're very good bakers, except for some of them who are not. <laughs> but they're also very nice to them, too. Sounds very wholesome. It is. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at A Minler. Where can people find you guys? I'm also on Twitter. I'm at the Brendo. I'm also on Twitter at Heckbringer. I am on Twitter at Radhesion, also soundcloud.com slash adhesion and adhesion.bandcamp.com. And you can contact all of us. Radmars.com. Team Radmars on Twitter. Uh, Radmars.itch.io. Almost forgot. Couldn't remember them all. My brain's full of mustard. <laughs> I didn't eat dinner. The only thing I had was a granola bar, and I'm really hungry. <laughs> Are you craving mustard? Yeah. Uh, cutting the mustard. I don't know what that means. Does that mean pooping? I, I think know. it's farting. And that's farting? cheese. It's cutting the cheese. Yeah, it is. Cutting the cheese is farting, not pooping. What? Oh. No, I'm talking about cutting the mustard. Is that getting the brass tacks? I don't know. That's not a real thing. Oh. I think cutting the mustard might be a thing. Actually. Oh, it's like, it's not, does this like cut the mustard? Like, is yeah. it good enough? Is it something? good enough? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah no. I'm not cultured, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what's cultured is crediting people for the work that they did. Uh, uh, <laughs> Namely me. Credit me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ford, Ford did all the things this time. He, uh, yep. he did the music for this, this episode. All and all episodes. And he also did the editing this episode. Good job, Andrew Ford. And I was all of you this episode. Good, good job, me for all the acting I did just now. Oh, right. Very good. <laughs> when I when I read Lincoln books at night, so to put them down for bed, he, he we read them two books, and every time that we read them, <laughs> I read the full title and the authors and like artists, <laughs> which I just thought was funny, but I been doing it for forever and Lindsay's like that's very nice like <laughs> you're showing respect for these people and i'm like yeah i didn't do it for the paw patrol books and she's like well you have to have a like a you gotta draw a line <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep so well i think that's it we solved bosses except for that we didn't we might do this again because there, there are, are a lot more. of genres yeah. there's so many bosses all contain bosses and we'll talk about it next yep. time Dragon, maybe. maybe not. <laughs> well, yes, on Dragon Ball Z, but not here. <laughs> Potentially on Dragon Ball Z. They're going to shout at each other for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. Great. Well, thank you for listening and thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yes. Good night. Goodbye. No one else says goodbye. Bye. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no. Good night.